things. Who is in charge of you? How are you living your life? Are you making decisions from your soul? Or are they decisions made from other people's souls for you? When is enough enough? If answering any of these questions was a struggle, then this episode is for you. You are listening to episode nine of Tried and True with Caroline. Today, I'm talking with Allison Finley. She's a spiritual coach, ready and willing to help guide others on their journey of healing, alignment, and ascension. She is also the host of the podcast, Energetic Sovereignty. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. This is Tried and True, a place to chat about how aligning your daily wellness routine, mindset, and self-care contribute to building meaningful businesses and relationships while curating an empowered and fulfilling life. Being an entrepreneur isn't easy, and learning to balance all of the things is another story, but it's worth it. Through these podcasts, my goal is to bring creative conversations to the table that empower, enlighten, and elevate your workspace or wherever you're listening. So if you're looking for a place that's going to support that big dream of yours, replace your doubt with, you gotta do this thing, know that progress is better than perfection and momentum is magic. You're in the right place. And you know, that thing you keep looking for that you believe is going to change everything? I've got news for you. If you're still looking for it, I have your answer. Go and look in the mirror. You are the answer. I believe that the messages we hear are never a coincidence. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. If this sounds like your sort of conversation, I've got a seat reserved just for you. Learn from the past, be wildly curious in the now, and blaze a new trail to the future. Your time is now, my friend. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Caroline, and let's get this show started. We will just set the intention now for this beautiful time and space. We just ask all of our angels and spirit guides and our spirit team to come and assist us in this conversation. My intention for this podcast is that every single person who hears it is healed, aligned, and uplifted in whatever way, shape, or form they need in the moment that they listen to it. My intention is also that we have a really good time and that we just feel uplifted and inspired and enjoy ourselves and that we get to connect and just be in the flow of the universe. Awesome. And so it is. That's <laughs> going to be a hard, that's a hard, that's a hard wrap to follow there, my friend. I feel like I need you on my podcast, like every time I do one now to do like the I'm mini like, intention at the beginning. <laughs> Hold on. Let me call Angel Allison and let's do the intention. <laughs> I love it. I that love it. So awesome. You can do it anytime. You can do it before on every podcast. <laughs> that is so cool. See, I never, it's, no matter how many times you do this, you always learn something. Right. And I love that little intention thing. That was awesome. Today I am talking to Allison Finley. She is a spiritual empath, healer, psychic, a bunch of awesome, amazing things. You're also a nurse, correct? Or you yes. were a nurse? 
Yes. I am. I technically still am. I don't work in nursing anymore. I do coaching and and spiritual work full-time, but I still do have my license and practice for eight years. So we thought that we just met, what, how long ago? Three weeks ago? I feel like our souls have known each other. I connected online three weeks ago. Yeah. 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 And I was like, you know what? I need to be in this person's energy and space. So here we are today. Let's, how did you, let's go back to the nursing thing. So you were a nurse for how long? So I've been a nurse for eight years. Okay. I went to school for four years. I have my bachelor degree, bachelor's degree. And as soon as I graduated nursing, I started out in an ICU setting, an intensive care unit, which was rough time. <laughs> Can you imagine? And that's actually part of my spiritual awakening though. So I'm so grateful for that experience, even though it was extremely traumatic um, and deeply misaligned with my soul, it helped me find my alignment. And so after doing ICU, I did oncology and inpatient hospice type setting, and then moved out of the hospital into a research setting where I did drug and device research, which was also very misaligned <laughs> with my soul, and then stepped full-time into hospice in the out in the field, like going to people's houses and that kind of setting, which is where also much of my awakening came from and where I learned so many of my spiritual gifts and tools and got to play in the spirit realm and all sorts of things. So my my journey as a nurse has been very polarizing. It very much was the most traumatic and painful experience in my life, as well as the most transformative and helpful for my soul, which is often the case for a lot of us. So the, the hardest times can be the, the biggest, the biggest <laughs> right. The lessons. Yeah. What made you realize that nursing, or I guess what made you realize that nursing was not the path for you? What was that pivotal moment that you said, okay, I can't do this anymore for nursing. Yeah. The funny thing is, so I was raised in a religious home and, and I, I have a great relationship with my family now and have done so much deep healing, but I was really raised with a lot of what I would consider or what the world would probably consider religious abuse around the stories of this is what God's plan for you is. And someone Mm. outside of you saying that. So there was a narrative that I grew up with that God had called me to be a nurse. My parents were missions pastors. So I grew up going overseas at a very young age to do humanitarian trips, which are amazing and lovely and so grateful for that experience. But as much as that was a beautiful intention and a very light thing, there was also intertwined that darkness of lots of rules and constriction and programming around this is the box that you need to fit in. This Mm -hmm. is who you are. This is what spirit wants for you. I got signals from the universe right off the bat in school. I struggled. Like when I started college and started nursing, that is when I, my soul just got completely misaligned. I started getting super anxious, super depressed. I was so unhappy in college. I look back and most people have a very like expansive college experience of partying and having fun. College was probably aside from that first and second year of nursing, the, the darkest time in my life um, and probably my most painful experience to date. And so I knew, I think my soul knew throughout college that mm-hmm. this is not for me, but I didn't, like I literally 
Caroline, didn't even cross my mind that I could switch majors. Like I had it in my mind that God Mm. called me to this. And so if I were to switch, I was going to ruin God's plan for my life. And therefore, I understand homeostasis of the entire planet. And so probably in nursing school, my, my soul knew, but it took me, I got a year into nursing. So a year into being a nurse in the hospital setting before I became suicidal. So at right before a year, I became suicidal and I desperately tried to cope. I got counseling. I was going to church all the time. I was still very deeply entrenched in religion and did all the traditional things that you should do to heal. And it just was not effective. And I had this breaking point in the hospital where I had basically a mental breakdown or a psychotic break is what they would probably call it in psychology, where essentially we were, we had to restrain a patient and that's where you tie their hands and legs down. It's not fun for anyone involved. And my restraint slipped out of my hand and I was punched in the face by the patient. And And he was on a drug like withdrawal. So he was like crazy strong and not in his right mind. And obviously it wasn't him, but that physical impact basically pushed my soul out of my body. And I had an out of body experience where then I was looking down on my body and my, my, I started having basically a going like manic. Like I started cussing at him, telling him crazy stuff. I wish you would die. I'm going to let you fall on the floor. I literally lost my mind at that moment. And the charge nurse was like, you need to go take a moment. (laughs) You know, you need to go get centered. And when I came back, my soul came back into my body. Mm -hmm. And when I came back into my body, the pain was so intense that I literally fell to my knees. And I was working nights at this time. So it was like 2 a.m. And I was in the lobby and there was no one, you know, around. And I literally was just sobbing my eyes out. And I was like, I don't know who this person is, but it's not me. And I can't live like this. Like I can't. And I went home after that shift. And I just told my husband, like, I've got to do something different. I don't know who I am anymore. Cause this is not me. And I hate everyone, everything. I hate myself. I'm so confused. Nothing is working. And that was the moment where I was like, I, I have got to figure this out because I can't keep going like this. Wow. So, yeah. That was the moment. And then, okay, so then you move into doing the hospice work. I can see where it it starts to go into the the probably more spiritual realm, because I know when my dad, when we did call in hospice for my dad, the nurse really wasn't, I, I don't, the nurse was just literally a nurse. Like she didn't do anything, I don't think, spiritual with my dad, but I know towards the end, it was, there were things And we'll, I want to ask you a question when we, after you explain your whole hospice thing, but there's a couple of questions I want to ask you about the whole hospice thing. And what I saw a nurse talk about the other day, which was like, so fascinating because I didn't look this nurse, like this nurse just came out of nowhere, like on a TikTok page or something. And she was talking about the same things that my dad was talking about in his last days, basically here. And it was everything that this nurse was talking about. And it was crazy because I'm like, so it's real. I think it's real. So anyway, so go ahead into your, I want to hear your hospice, how you got into that now. Yeah. So I actually, after I quit my job in the hospital, I actually took a break and I went to, went back to fashion school, which is what I had always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And my parents said, Nope, you're going to be a nurse. You have to go to this college. 
do that. So I went back to college to do fashion school and to do personal um, styling and actually ended up flowing into that for a brief moment and before realizing that that wasn't really my alignment either. So then when I went back to nursing, I did drug and device research for a time and again, was very misaligned with that. And honestly, I got to this place where I just was like, God, help me. Like, why did I become a nurse? Why did I pay so much money to do this, put so much time and effort? If it's really meant to be, show me. And for some reason, it was one of those divine things where hospice just kept coming into my awareness. It would be like, I would see a billboard. And then I was talking to a friend and she's, oh, my grandpa just went on hospice. And then it would be like, I'm listening to the radio and there's an ad for hospice, like random stuff that the universe just kept being like, Mm -hmm. this is the path. path." And I, me to deal with the universe because I I didn't really want to do it. I was like, okay, if if you want me to do this, make it easy. And so I was just like, where do I want to apply? And I saw a billboard for a random hospice company and I went in and put in a resume and I was like, these are what, this is the hours I want to work. These are the days that I want to work. And she was like, I interviewed and they were like, I don't, we don't have a position. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Okay. And I walked out and the next day they called me and were like, somebody just quit with your exact things that you wanted that you asked for. And so I flowed into this company and I'm so grateful that I did because so many of my close friends still to this day, I met through my work there. So that's how I got into hospice. And then when I was there, I was like, how did I not know about this before? This is just so my kind of my soul's alignment. Cause it's a really hospice is a really wonderful kind of mix of the medical side as mm-hmm. well as that spiritual side and working with families and working with people in their last days. It's just such a different environment and such Mm -hmm. a different mindset from traditional nursing that I really loved. So when you were in that space, how did you realize that your gifts or what started to come out in that space that then led you to the space that you're in now? Yeah. So after when I quit my, I started my spiritual gifts started to come back online in the hospital unintentionally in a very scary and oftentimes dark way. Like I said, I was having out of body experiences. I would walk into hospital rooms and I would see dark things. I would see angels. I would see the whole gamut. I would hear patients thoughts and think that they spoke them out loud and they didn't actually speak them out loud. So things like that had started to happen in the hospital. And so once I left my job and started healing, I was, led on this journey to start to understand these gifts and start to play with them and learn and start to train in a few things. And then when I went into hospice, I already had this basis of understanding and working with angels and spirit guides before. So as soon as I stepped into hospice, I was like, whoa, I can use all of this like Mm -hmm. very directly. So that's when I started to really see hospice as my training ground or playground to find out for myself. Cause I'm very much an experiential learner and I very much, I just don't like to take things at face value. Cause I don't think that it, everything is for everyone and not everybody has. Right. So I was like, I had read about things. I had trained in things and hospice was really the place for me to land and go, let's play in this. What works, what doesn't mm-hmm. and why. And so that's really where I started to work with angels and spirit guides, people's higher selves, working with ancestors, had some really fun experiences. Like I got to go to be a part of a death at um, a Native American chief. And that death was like the most 
<laughs> my husband jokes too, because like the language I use is just when you're in hospice, you use different language. But that was probably my favorite death, if you will, because it was so sacred. It was so amazing. Like they were, he was from a specific like wolf tribe. And so there was a lot of like spirit animals, like wolf spirits that came in. It was just so incredible. So there was a lot of variety. And then there's times where I was with people who had no family, were estranged from their family and died alone. So you got to be a part of that. And then you got to be a part of deaths where there's 50 people and everybody's going ballistic and you just get to hold the space for whatever anybody the experience that everybody's going to have. So holding all of that Mm. was very much training in the field. You can Mm -hmm. learn things, but until you, you know, get to be in it and, and be faced with different experiences, that's when you really have that experiential learning. Wow. So what would you say, what was your biggest experience in that setting that then made you realize that that you needed to be in the spiritual community as a teacher, space holder, however you want to classify yourself in all of your, in all of your gifts, what was the, the catalyst that made you say, okay, now I need to branch out and do this on my own. Yeah. So on my own healing journey, I didn't even know being an energy healer or a spiritual coach. I didn't know any of that existed. I went on a journey of healing because I had no choice. I made Mm. a choice. I've never been afraid to die. So when I was suicidal, there was no fear. I, if anything, I was afraid of hurting people and leaving people, but I've never been afraid to die, which is why I'm so comfortable around, was so comfortable in that space. So for me, I made this choice, like, I'm either going to leave or I'm going to live my life sober and I'm going to live it fully and I'm going to figure it out. And so when I made that choice, I just got, I just leaned into everything I could get my hands on for the last eight years Mm -hmm. to heal. And I did it for me. And so there was never this, I'm going to be an energy healer. I'm going to help other people do this too. That wasn't even a thought in my mind Mm -hmm. for the first several years. And it, started to organically unfold where like people who had known me would be like, there's something so different about you or what are you doing? And I would start to explore, like I learned a lot of modalities just to use on myself, not right. ever with the intention to use for other people. So I would right. say it started to organically unfold when I started to feel safe sharing and feel safe mm-hmm. to be seen. And once I let people see see my process or my progress. And I don't even think that was always intentional. There was just people who would notice and say, Oh, that's interesting. Can you help me with this? Or I would find myself even with patients and their family members, I would find myself just naturally like starting to teach or explain or start to do things that like just started to flow out of me. And I recognized oh, this feels really good. This feels like me. I feel like this is natural. I feel at home when I do these things Mm -hmm. and I see that it's adding value. So I just really paid attention. And that's when I started to then have to do the inner work of, okay, I can step out and do this. I can do this. And I, I worked part-time as a coach for about two and a half years doing Mm -hmm. that before I was ready to really step all the way in and go all in. So I think things are a progression, but I think it just naturally unfolded, which is really beautiful. And I think sometimes how 
the best things really come about is when they just, you don't really plan on them. Spirits just, right. this is what we're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think that we don't realize, I think the work that we do with ourselves is as we're going through that work, I think that it's harder for us to see the shifts within ourselves. I think it shows up and it shows up in the places where we just like words just start coming out of our mouth or we just start jumping in or people just start coming to us because they feel like we're the ones that are going to help tell them what they need to be doing. And then eventually you're sitting there and you're like, wow, all these people just come to me and ask me what I need to do for this or what I need to do for that, or what's, there's something wrong with my energy or there's, and it's just fascinating how the, our own energy field and our own empathic channel opens to other people. We're able to then believe in what we're doing. That's the key moment when you know that it's not hokey when, and and when, and then when you tell people about it, they believe you. And they're not looking at you like you have three eyes and a spaceship on the side. So that's the difference. And when people, I, I feel like the people that I encounter that are like truly in what they do, there's just something about them that there's no question in what they're telling you. Like they're not, there's no reservation in their thought process or what it is that they're doing. Does that make sense? It's you wholeheartedly believe. If you were at that Native American death ceremony and there were wolf spirits there, you wholeheartedly believe that there were really wolf spirits there. Not everybody is going to believe in that. And I think when you find people that wholeheartedly believe in that whole realm, that's when you know that you've crossed that next bridge of spiritual energy, spiritual awakening. It's not a it's not like something where you say, oh, well, now I'm a guru because I can sense whatever. No, it's just, it's a knowing and it's just a comfortableness in the knowing that you are allowed to be in that space because you understand that space and you don't judge other people for not understanding that space. Yeah. Right. And I think what you're describing, I would use the word embodiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This period of time where we all need to learn. We need to take right. in information. We need to take in energy, but there's a process that has to happen within our soul that then mm-hmm. it becomes who we are instead of just information that we have integrating it and embodying it. And then that radiates out kind of unintentionally, even it just becomes part of your aura. And yeah. And I love that. I feel like for a long time, I was very fearful because I was in the medical community and it's very My husband and I went to nursing school together. So all of our friends, all of our community were people who were science-based and not that energy is not because it it definitely is, but it was very like in the beginning, I was super fearful. And so I've come such a long way through this process of embodying this. And just like you said, being able to be mature enough to say, this is my truth and this is the reality that I'm creating in the world Mm -hmm. I want to live in and then allowing everybody else that same permission to have their truth, to have their experience, to create their reality and their belief systems, and that you can still coexist and even get along with people Mm -hmm. who are not on that same page and not have to make you or the other person right or wrong. That's a whole nother level of spiritual maturity, I think. And I think 
that's the beauty of just being able to do your thing, but doing it with your own, just your own, like your own processing, your own, you're not, you offer what you offer, but it's not like yours is better than someone else's or this person doesn't believe what I do. So I have to spend the rest of my life, like proving that this is actually real and I can actually talk to wolves and I can actually see angels in people's rooms and all this kind of stuff. It's no, I don't have to prove that to anybody. I know that it exists. Therefore, if I believe it with myself, I don't, it's not up to me to convince you of anything. Yeah. You may never see the things that I see and I may never see the things that you see, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge you for saying, I think it's all hogwash. You have a right to believe that. I just know what my truth is and I'm going to keep going with it because I'm having success with it. And it makes me feel a sense of wholeness. Mm -hmm. And if that's what we're all really looking for is a sense of wholeness and love and joy within ourselves, then that will then radiate when we're happy and content with what we're doing internally, then that allows the glow and the joy and the serving to come out on the outside. And that's to help other people move through life. I think that's that your journey is it's beautiful. And sometimes it's hard to look back on those pieces of our lives where we've had to be in so much pain. But then when you look at your life right now, I hope that you see that you've come a long way and that your journey has been not for not just all for the pain. It's there's been a light at the end of the tunnel. And some people don't ever see that light. What do you think made you see that when you were suicidal and you were like, this is just, I'm just not, I'm not figuring this out. Was there specific things that you had to do or you saw that made you realize that leaving the planet was not going to be the answer? So I think, so there was a moment shortly after I had quit my job where I was on a missions trip in Africa and I was on a safari and it was a very spiritual experience. And we were going down the Nile river, which is a very spiritual archetype (laughs) from the Bible and things that I was very connected to. So there was a moment on the boat where I was just alone and I was on the back and I was in nature. And I had that, what people talk about that sense of oneness where Mm -hmm. you just like step into, whoa, I'm a part I'm a part of everything and everything is a part of me. And I had a a mild version of that, not completely engulfed, but Mm -hmm. at that moment, I felt this sense of beyond myself in a way that I hadn't before. And I felt, I cried out to God and I was just like, if you want me to stay here, if there really is a purpose, like I need to know, and I need to be guided because I don't know what to do. And it wasn't an ultimatum, but it was just this cry for help. I don't want to leave, but I will, if it's going to stay like this, that was maybe my ultimatum. I'm willing to stay, but not do this for my whole life. And so there was a moment where I just felt like spirit, God, the universe, whatever language you want to use really, and not audibly, but like in my spirit, I just knew there was this sense of everything you've ever thought about me, God, the universe, you need to set aside and you need to forget and you need to start from scratch. If you really want to move forward, you have to be willing to face every fear. You have to be willing to try new things and Mm -hmm. to follow your heart, not the programming, not the Bible, not the 
what preachers are saying, not what anybody's saying outside of you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to come back home to you and follow your resonance. And that was a journey. When Mm -hmm. I got back, it was like the universe gave me the next right step. And it was like, I started with this Christian book and it was called the approval detox or something. And it talked about, it was a Christian book and it was lovely, but it talked about how we try and be approved of by everyone. And that was my first oh, that's interesting. And I got into personal development and Mm -hmm. started learning about nutrition and started to heal my physical body. I had, you know, coped with eating disorders since I was 11 years old. So that got out of control. And I was like, okay, I got to deal with this. So I started learning about nutrition and food quality and how to heal your eating disorder with your mind. I didn't have, we didn't have money for counseling. I I couldn't do a lot of things because I had quit my job. So I was just like, everything that's free and available, I am going Mm -hmm. to devour until every free resource is gone. And I just had this determination of I've committed to staying here and I'm going to figure it out because I just know, like there was just something in me that knew. And I also felt this permission. I do this with clients too. I give myself permission. Like I gave myself permission Mm -hmm. to take my life if I wanted to. And then it gave me all the power back because what we push against and we say, oh, we don't want that. We don't want to feel this way. We don't want this thing. It creates that energetic pendulum and it brings more of that to us. So I think I just gave myself permission. Like I can leave if I want, or I can stay if I want. The decision is mine. And that gave all the power back to me. And Mm -hmm. when I just decided I'm choosing to stay, and that means I am choosing to heal and choosing to figure it out. And that I will keep going until I do. <laughs> and so I think just that determination and that decision was mm. what changed everything for me. That's a beautiful way to look at it. And as you're t- as you were talking about that, I was like thinking to myself, okay, a lot of times we get so frustrated with things in life and we we're, we're like, oh, I'm feeling this because this is not happening fast enough, or this is the problem, or this is, and we're not, we're giving all of this credit to everything that's going on to being outside of ourselves. And it really, it has, it's nothing to do with what the outside is. It's all internal. And that's the biggest thing that I feel like I've learned in this whole like spiritual journey is that the more we turn inward and the more we realize that things that we do are, we are responsible for all of it we have to recognize the signs. We have to recognize what's being put in front of us. And there's always a choice. And like you said, when you really gave yourself that ownership of, I have a choice. Yes, I can go, but I don't want to go. I want to make this conscious decision to move on with life and find a better way. I had not heard anyone say it in that way. And it really makes a lot of sense when you bring that ownership back to yourself and not blame it on everything else going on in the world. If we're not told to go inward, we get so used to blaming everything on the outside. It's always someone else, like the dog ate my homework. Well, if your homework wouldn't have been where the dog was, the dog couldn't eat your homework. So that blame of the dog ate my homework really doesn't go very far, but it sounds really good. And I think I've heard it a thousand times in teaching, but it's more of if we can just take the ownership ourselves, as hard as it may be sometimes, because we don't want to realize, we don't want to know that all of the choice resolves in with us. 
we want someone else to have that responsibility because it's a heavy responsibility. So in you saying that and realizing at that moment, you had the decision and it can go either way. The fact that you chose the other path, I think the people that don't make it don't have that. They never get to that point of that spiritual awakening within. It's sad because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are amazing individuals that don't make it because they don't have someone to go to that helps them understand that concept. Yeah. And I think it's just our willingness to take our power back. There is a rub, right? Like we live in a society where we are programmed to believe that we are victims, like from the very beginning, right? Every program tells us that we need someone, something, some source outside of us. That's the basis of religion. That's what our government is based on. That's what everything, the entire society, no matter how you grow up with programming that says you are not enough as you are, Mm -hmm. you need someone or something outside of you to save you. That's the message that we get in so many different ways, right? Like Mm -hmm. we need religion to save us. We need the government to save us. We need a job. We need a lover. We need a beauty hack. We need a diet. We need something outside of us to make us feel better inside. And it is this double-edged sword because I think so much of us, we all have this desire and this inner knowing of we do create our reality and we have like we can create the life we want and we are powerful, but that is so overshadowed by all of the programming of uh, you're not enough and you need to be like everyone else and you need to fit into this box and you need someone else to save you and you need this and that. And so I think tap, like you said, going within and tapping into that inner knowing of our power that we have been programmed to consistently give away. Mm-hmm. Yet that it's there. So you have to meet this point. And I don't, I think it took me years, even after that moment of choosing to stay, to really decide that I wasn't a victim to like mm-hmm. willingly surrender that and say, this is no longer serving me, right. even though there's so many secondary gains of then, like you said, I can blame my parents for making me go to college. I can blame society. I can blame God because this should have worked out. And I can blame this person or that person or this thing or that circumstance. But when you're willing to give all of that up, then Mm -hmm. you take your power back and then you take ownership and then you actually get this surge of energy. Right. Then you go, oh shit, this is great. I can create my life. Like Mm -hmm. at first it's disempowering because you're like, oh shit, I've created this nightmare that I live is me. It's my fault. So there's a grief period and a mourning period and a victimhood just within that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then once you go through that process, you can step into, okay, this is a great thing because if I created all of this nonsense, that means that I can change it all. Because if I created it all, that means I can create something new for the future. And there is that period of time when you awaken that lag time of like, you're living in the life that your old self created Mm -hmm. and you're but you're living it in the present moment, even though it's because of the old choices you made. So now in the present moment, you have to start investing for your future. And that time can be really sucky because it's like, you're living in the consequences of who you not, you aren't anymore, but you're still having to live and make choices 
for the future version of you that will be empowering. There's a timeline there that can be very painful when you're living in those circumstances that are so misaligned with who you are now. But that's just, in my opinion, a rite of passage and it's part of being a human and it's part of living by linear time. But that can also be empowering because then you can go, okay, what decisions can I make today to invest in my future that I want to experience? And the right. Now, in, in saying that, I think leading to what you were saying about how you're in between the selves, okay, you're like in limbo, if yeah. you will, of the old self, and then the old self melding itself away, move itself into its new future self, not future self, but like the self that is no longer being the victim. Mm -hmm. I think this is where it is so critical for people to have a coach, a course that they're working with or a group or something that helps to hold them in a container to give them the information that they need to solidify that new space that they're moving to, because it's a lot to take in. And like you said, it takes, there is lag time. And I feel like I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been in that space. Right. So I know exactly what you are saying about that lag time. Cause you're sitting there and you're like, shit, I don't want to go back to that old thing over there. There's no way I'm going, but I see that version and I'm like, oh my God, I can't get there fast enough. So I have to just keep, I've got to keep spinning the wheel because I know it's there, but I've got to catch up. And I think it really helps to be in a space where you have other people and you have someone who's been through that, who knows, okay, yep. At this time, I call it like it's, it might, have you ever run a marathon before? No, but I did used to run in college and early adult. Okay. So mm -hmm. I call this the space in life. It's called mile 23 and oh, mile, 23, that, <laughs> yeah. mile 23 <laughs> is you can smell the finish line. I can hear the finish line. I know that I'm in pain or I know that I, it's just three more miles, 3.1 miles. And I am done. I am crossing that line, but you have all of those emotions and you know that you're not going to to go back. No, you've got to just keep going, but you have to have that drive and you have to know that it's there. You just have to keep going and it's not going to be easy. And so I think that in, in doing that, in being with someone like yourself in a group or one-to-one -one coaching or whatever it is, it's so helpful because that you're just going to help them get there so much faster and they won't fight it. Because I think a lot of people like to fight the whole, this isn't real. And why is it going to work? Or why is this, why is your way different? Because I've been there for one. And two, I know the process that it took me to get where I am now. And if you're willing to do the work, I know exactly the path you're going to need to take to get there because you did the same kind of thing. So but it's beautiful when you get to that point where you recognize it and you really see it because then you're like, oh, this is real. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. As far as you working with clients, how do you package your programs? Are you, do you do one-on-one -on -one work with people? Do you do, what are some of the types of things that you do for your process? Yeah. So I have two different avenues for clients. Uh -huh. 
I do traditional kind of mindset, spiritual energy coaching for clients who feel like they're in that middle period and they know that they need that bridge and they just need help. They've done a lot of their own work in the beginning and they've gotten Mm -hmm. to a point where they're like, okay, now I'm ready for assistance. I understand inner child healing. They've been on a healing journey and they're ready to speed up. Like you said, that process that Mm -hmm. like took us years and years can take people months. Like they can cover so much ground with a, with assistance. Yes. So I do that in a three month container, which I love. And a lot of times that's for people who have some really specific issues that they're working through, like money or relationship, or they're in a life transition or they've uncovered some really deep stuff that they're ready to work through. That's a really good space for them. And then my other program is called Energetic um, Sovereignty. And that is more of a mentorship and a class where I teach people how to become their own healer. My guide showed me a while back that as the world continues to get more intense and more things unfold, we are going to need, people are going to need tools to use on their own. And it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm a coach. So I believe in coaching. I believe in going for sessions and therapy and all of that. But the image that they gave me for the future is that you don't expect the dentist to keep your teeth clean. Like you Mm -hmm. go to the dentist every six months or a year, but you brush your teeth every day. (laughs) And they were showing kind of the future wave of what things will look like as more and more people wake up. Are they going to need kind of the tools to do this work on themselves every day? Like energy work is a part of my daily practice. Like sometimes I'll use in the course, I have 20 modules and they get to pick a certain amount of them that resonate with them that they want to learn. But sometimes I might use 10 of the tools on and with myself in a day. So that setting I really love and feel like is kind of the future and what will be we will be moving towards is equipping people with the tools that they can use on themselves. So in that container, it's really fun. It's like an interactive course. We'll go over content and then we actually use the tool together and then we see how it applies to their real life. Cause I'm very practical. I think sometimes energy and spirituality can be very like, oh that's nice for you. And that means nothing to me in my daily life. I have a lot of nurses who are like, okay, but how does that apply? That's great. But like, you can see angels or whatever, but like, how does any of this help me (laughs) in my parenting or like in my career or in my marriage? (laughs) That's great. And so creating an action plan and really discussing like, how are you going to use this? And then keeping people accountable and being available for, okay, were you able to use this week? And was this helpful to you? And if it wasn't, how can we how can we figure out another way to apply it? So that's what I'm really passionate about is teaching people these energy tools, how to become their own healer and how to have the tools that they'll need in any circumstance so that they don't need me. Or then if they're in a situation, they're in the grocery store, they get triggered. Like they have a tool immediately that they can use. They don't need to wait two weeks to meet with me. If that makes sense. So I'll do that. I offer... I also do like clarity readings for people who have specific questions or or things that they're working through. If they'd like clarity from their angels and guides, I do those sessions. And then I do like quick one-off energy healing sessions for people who just have a random thing pop up in their life. And they're like, Hey, I need to clear this energy cord or, you know, this or that. So I have a little something for everybody. I like variety personally. Uh (laughs) So I like to do a lot of different things. That's awesome. I'm telling you, I, 
the, the universe knew, I don't know, the universe knew that when I was going through the podcast, whatever that group is that we belong to, yeah, the Facebook group, yes. I swear, <laughs> like the universe had to have known that I needed to see you on there. Like I needed to find your page or I needed to find you meet people in the spiritual world. You meet this person and this person does this, or this person does that, but you rarely meet people that are doing kind of that same thing that you're doing, which is exactly what I'm doing. Yours is a little, yours has a little bit of a different spin than mine, but it's so, it's so the same. And I feel as I'm listening to you talk, I'm hearing myself. I love it. (laughs) It's crazy. It really is. It really, if you, if I were to give you my sales page of my course, it is so in alignment with what you just said. And it's, and we're two total, like I like legit, this is the first time I've talked to you besides text message and, and listening to your podcast. And it's so much like aligned. I love it. Our souls are just resonant. And that's what I love about spirit. I like randomly, I had a friend tell me about that group and I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to put my thing on there and we'll just see what happens. I had no attachment and it's just look what manifested from that super casual, fun, non-attached place. Like our souls were able to connect. I think it's so lovely how I know, right? It's so cool. And I love to meet people that into obviously the same thing that I love and I do and I find so much joy in, but I 100% support the concept of teaching people to use these tools so that eventually I'm not in the picture. Like I don't want people reliant on what I teach. I want them to teach themselves to be reliant on themselves because then you're not in the, Oh, I couldn't get an appointment in to see Caroline. I couldn't get in to see Allison. So this is why my day is crappy. That should not be your go-to excuse. That's going back to the blame. Your tool should be, okay, Allison taught me these 10 things in the class that I took with her, which are my top three to go to when I'm feeling X, Y, Z. And I go to those three things. It's so fascinating to me that you just start to, to see like more things of what we need to be doing to get ourselves through and to pull us away from the, the norm. I think more people are starting to understand the spirit world. And I'm not talking about like ghosts and Ouija boards. I'm talking about just being in tune intuitively to your spirit, to yourself, to your higher self. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to be learned in that space. It's so powerful. That's what I want to teach people. Have you ever done hypnotherapy? I have. Yes. And I do do offer that mild version of that. But yeah, I loved that was, I did something called RTT, which is, I've also done past life regressions and lives okay. and that stuff too. And now I can do that with myself. But yeah, I think at, for me, hypnosis was a really wonderful healing tool. Yeah. For me too. Yeah. It was hypnotherapy that did it. That's so beautiful. And, and then it's just, it started unfolding. Actually, no, I think it was me on my starting on my yoga journey and then the yoga. And then that kind of led me into not being able to, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't meditate. Like meditation was just ridiculous. I, I was like, I can't meditate. There's something wrong with me. I can't do it. But then I was able to do hypnotherapy 
So I was like, well, if I can do hypnotherapy, then I can meditate. Yeah. And then it just started, you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So, yeah. So here we are today. I love that. Do you have anything now that you're offering or you're working on or that we will have it in the show notes, everything where everybody can find you. So that's not a problem, but do you have anything special that you're doing for the end of the year or toward for the beginning of the year that you want to tell people about for your services? So I definitely have the podcast if anybody's interested. And obviously we have this podcast so they can feel the vibe, but the podcast is a great place to go to feel if it's in alignment to start to work with some of these energy tools and see Mm -hmm. the kind of blend that I work with. And yeah, all of those four offers that I mentioned, I'm open to. And again, some clients, I feel people just need a quick session to clear a a small block. And then other people need that a couple months commitment and accountability in those tools. So if any of that resonates, please reach out. And all that information you said is in the show notes. So that's perfect. Awesome. And I love your podcast. It's the perfect dose to... Everyone that I've listened to, I'm like, it's just, it's the, it's like what I needed to hear. And the one that I, the one that really sticks out to me, of course, is the anthropology one, because I just love anthropology. So when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Like there was, there'd be days I'll, I joke with my girls and I'll be like, I go in there and I'm like, I could, if I got stuck in here, I think I could just live in there. (laughs) Especially the bigger ones where they would have like the bed set up and they have the little kitchen and they have the little, the closet, like dressing area. I'm like, this is like a perfect house. If you just leave me stuck here, I'm good. Yeah. Anthropology is such a vibe. It's such an energy. Even before I was aware of energy, you can just, anthropology can be people's awakening if they have not awakened. (laughs) It's so true though. It's so true. And it's not even meant to be like, I don't even want to sound like froofy or bougie or whatever you want to call it, but it is truly an energetic experience from the sensory to the textures, just like you were just taught, like what you were saying on the podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl totally gets it. She gets what I get when I get into anthropology. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) I love it. I really have no rules with the podcast. I'm a renegade when it comes to everything, but I just, I record when I want, I post when I want, I might do three episodes in a week. I might skip two weeks. <laughs> we never know. It's a spirit. It's my, I am the channel of spirit to whoever needs to hear whatever, whenever they need to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's with the podcast. So it's but very- you know what? It also goes back to being a generator. Yes. A manifesting generator. Yes. Yes. Because I have learned so much in the human design space about myself as a generator. And now that I know all the things of what I, how I'm like coded, now my life makes sense. Everything that I do, I feel like makes sense because I understand when I don't want to do something and I have to wait for something to drop in. This is why. Yeah. And this is why you we want to be renegades with the things that we do because we literally can't do it any other way. I can't just go record something to feel like I just, I I want to record something. It has to be something that I'm like, Nope, people need to know that this person, people need to hear from this person. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's weird how it works that way, but it does. I had a lot of fun. 
I did too. This was so lovely. Thank you so much for having me on. You're such an amazing soul. And I'm, no I love how the universe connected us. It's just so divine. So I think we should, I think we, we could probably do a few more. Like maybe we <gasps> yes. need to make, we'll do a part two or we'll have like a, like every month we'll come up with a new topic, a new topic or a new, or we'll call it like a series. It'll Ooh, be like yeah, a series, yeah. like for the new year, a new mm-hmm. year series. Yeah. If anybody has any things that they want to hear about or talk about or yeah. discuss, that'd be there's a thing on the, on the podcast, on the website podcast page where people can leave a, a voice memo. Oh, I don't cool. know if that's a good thing or a not good thing in an hour. Yep. It's already one forty. Oh goodness. Okay. I know. I was like, I know you got to go get your I know. <laughs> I swear. I think we could go. I would seriously stay on here for like another hour. Right? I probably could do another hour. So I think the next time I will schedule this better so that I don't have to go pop off and leave. But thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and your stories and your messages. And I hope that people go and listen to your podcast and programs. Thank you so much for having me. No Again, problem. I love this. I feel like no this problem. will not be the last episode for no, us. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I do not think so. I think you're right. Yeah. But thank you. We will be in touch and see everyone next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today to Tried and True with Caroline. If you enjoyed listening to today's show, please be sure to rate, review, and share with a friend or family member who might need to hear this message. I love connecting with y'all, so please reach out and say hello on my Instagram at True North Tribe. One last thought, your mindset matters, direction is everything, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Talk to you next week. Means that it's